Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. Welcome back to Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. This is a bonus episode we're bringing to you because we have two brand new Paul McCartney songs, Come On To Me and I Don't Know, from the forthcoming album, Egypt Station. Chris, how are you feeling about these new singles? Yeah, hey, this is really fun. I'm super excited about one of them and less excited about the other. Right. But there are some positive things about both of them, actually, that we'll get into in a few minutes. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by both of them, actually. And I'm very excited to be here with you today. You know, we did a little bit of posting on Facebook to see if people even wanted to hear our opinions on this. And they're like, yes, please, something. (laughs) So, yes, so coming off of Flaming Pie before Driving Rain, here we go. So, Two new singles. I'm excited because these things are produced by Greg Kirsten and... The fantastic Greg Kirsten. Yes, the fantastic. My introduction to him was through The Bird and the Bee. And I can't remember if that was me or you who found them, but we both love them. Yeah, we both love Bird and the Bee, Interpreting the Masters, Hollow Notes. Yes. And Ray Guns Are Not Just the Future, which is an amazing album, probably... I think their best work to date. I love that album. And Inara George has quite an illustrious solo career. So in addition to Bird and the Bee, you might consider checking out Inara George's solo stuff. Oh, don't wag your finger. I'm amazed that you would know or care for all the modern What we know from hearing Enora George's solo stuff is that it's actually quite different from Bird and the Bee. The voice mm-hmm. is the same, right. but when she gets together with Greg Kirsten, something else happens. Yes, something very magical happens. I 
heard it on the radio. That song you mentioned, the Hall and Oates tribute album, Interpreting the Masters, Volume One. Anyway, heard it on the radio. What a pop gem from you know back a few years ago, 2010. And then yeah, Ray Guns are not just the future. I love that one. Polite dance song. Now, do you mind if I just list a bunch of other artists that Greg has worked with, Mercer? It's quite a list. All right, let me just roll through these, the ones that I think everybody will know. 303, Adele, Beck, Britney Spears, Carly Rae Jepsen, Christina Perry, Charlie XCX, Churches, Devo, Dido, Ellie Goulding, The Foo Fighters, Foster the People, Gwen Stefani, Halsey, James Blunt, Jessica Simpson, Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkston. I'm still in the case. Kesha. (laughs) Uh, Lily Allen, Liam Gallagher, Lana Del Rey. Marina and the Diamonds, Mike Posner, Pink. Rita Ora, Santa Gold, Sia. Wow, this is just forever and ever. Tegan and Sarah, who I really like. The Flaming Lips, worked with them in 2006. That album, At War with the Mystics. The Shins. Yeah, that Shins album is really cool. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. an idea you know you look at the shins port of morrow that's uh yes. indie, indie rock essentially you look at adele and that's modern pretty much modern electronic pop right um it's a pretty wide range of stuff that he's covered and he's really good at all of it and he doesn't really bring a stamp no. as a producer and that's a compliment right and that's what brian was saying on the last podcast about Jeff Lynne, George Martin, some of these guys. You know, Jeff Lynne, you can tell. This is a Jeff Lynne record. This could be an Electric Light Orchestra song. George Martin, less so. But Greg, even even less. He's invisible almost. But there's still his yeah. magic that kind of lingers around. It's, uh, yeah, it's... Well, he's a good musician himself. He's a fine keyboardist, good composer and arranger. Especially the arranging. Yeah. You really hear in Bird and the Bee. You know, those arrangements are quite yes. sophisticated really beautiful mixing and arranging on those albums. He's one of my favorites for sure. So yeah, I guess let's dive right into Come On To Me. This is the first thing we heard part of the James Corden carpool karaoke that McCartney did in Liverpool with him. And so at the end of this thing, they just take over this Liverpool pub and there's this this big curtain, right? And you can go up to this jukebox and you can like type in, it's all, all, all McCartney music. So you type in band on the run and all of a sudden the curtain opens and it's not like an animatronic band. It's actually Paul McCartney, <laughs> his touring band. <laughs> and he just scares the hell out of a bunch of, I don't know if they're tourists or locals, but they're like, they're like all of them, not really sure what's happening. 
But there's the man. He starts singing these songs. Yeah, that's where we first heard this track and you know there was some mixed reaction from the fans and even amongst us i didn't know what to make of it at first because we weren't hearing any production yeah and this particular song stripped of its production there's not much going on there so right. i was a little disappointed i love the keyboards and the guitars that are overdubbed you know you start listening to these lyrics like is this is paul trying to pick someone up and pretty, mu- pretty much. And beyond that, in secret, you know. <laughs> pretty much. That's how, yeah, yeah. How it's, it reads. It's really funny, and it's an infectious beat. I, I first heard. It, I was in New York, and I was in my office in New York, and I, I turned it on, just sort of dancing around the office. Is it a song like you said? I don't know if you can take an acoustic guitar and start strumming it and singing it, and it stacks up <laughs> in against, the coffee shop, right? <laughs> come on to me right right. i do like that um the four toms it's almost like tongue-in-cheek where he's like i I don't know who's playing drums if it's abe or paul or or greg or whoever it is it's it's so stupid that it's almost tongue-in-cheek right it's exaggeratedly trite yeah you know but i still you know i think i like this one a little more than you do I like how it's yeah. hooky. It has an infectious energy. I have, I was talking to you about how, like, imagine if this was on Venus and Mars, and you got yeah. McCartney from that era singing it. Does that change it? It reminds me of something like My Carnival, which is pretty simple and repetitive, and it's really yeah. just about that groove. So it's a groove tune. If you're into groove tunes, then you might dig it. It's got really great-sounding guitars. It's got some really sweet horns right. at the end. Good snare sound, good production, we already said. And by the way, we're hearing Old Man Macca, and we're hearing him for the first time in four years on record. Right. And I think it sounds pretty cool. I think his voice sounds cool. We've addressed Old Man Macca voice, and and Ian Lee called us out for that, which we appreciate. Thank you, Ian. And um, I think his voice sounds better, though. So I don't know if there's some kind of synthetic trickery or post-production or synthesis going on but it it does sound older but his voice sounds stronger it sounds strong yeah why do you think that is i think partly he's settling into the voice he has now interesting listen to this both these songs are in a more they're in an easier baritone range he's not going up into that tenor part of his range as much not going into falsetto but also not not belting in chest voice either Maybe it's just that he's gotten used to and comfortable with the instrument he has now. Right. And maybe also Greg Kirsten is like prompting him for some extra takes. Right. Because we're seeing that on some of these albums. Oh, yeah, we did that in one take. We did that in three takes. Maybe he did 40 takes of a vocal and they comped it together. 
Or maybe he did it and sat on it and came back to it. I know I had heard rumor that this album was coming out last year, the end of last year. Mm. Maybe they listened to it and decided, yeah, let's let's work on these a little bit more. E- either way, it's I'm very excited by the production. Yeah. So you you had mentioned the horns. So yeah, right around one fifty-five, two minutes. I feel like it's a re-entrance of wings, like letting go or arrow through me. Yeah, infectious, kind of hooky little horn part at the end there. Yeah. Or yeah. like a tug of war era, like early 80s, mid 80s, Paul. It's kind of, hmm. there's a flavor of that. I mean, we'll get to that in a second on the next track, but. Well, again, not thrilled about the song, but encouraged by the singing, the production, the playing, everything is sounding pretty good here. Yeah, I like the lines, you know, how soon can we arrange a formal introduction? So like, wait, mm-hmm. you're already talking to the woman? And you're asking her for, for, what are you asking for? And it's kind of fun. I just find it very clever and funny, the song. Some of these lines. We can't be seen exchanging information. Does it tie into his celebrity? Does it tie into another relationship? I don't know. It's That makes sense. It's kind of like dance tonight. Like, is this the dance tonight of this album? That's how I was thinking about it. Right. This is probably a bit of fluff, maybe added late in the process mostly there for its groove or some quality that it had that like dance tonight with the cool mandolin, you know? Yeah. I can't wait to hear the Paul McCartney PR story about this one. Like that's a, that's what I'm excited for. And I always thought that dance tonight sounded pretty out of place on memory, almost full. Right. It's not really, it doesn't really gel with the rest of the album. It really is like a little, a little prelude. And then, Ever Present Past, the album proper seems to start. What a song that is. Ever Present Past. Wow. Yeah. So I wonder if this is a bit like that. But then we also know this album has some kind of travel log theme. It's going to be a very eclectic album. So maybe it fills some role on the travel log that we don't know about. Right. Yeah, maybe there's a story. I, I already get the sense from the artwork that this thing is something like Ram, perhaps. Maybe it's the color scheme. Maybe it's the fact that... That's a Paul McCartney painting, the cover from 1988, Egypt Station. They only made 200. Hmm. Sounds like he's reaching back for a little bit of wings. There's a youthfulness to a lot of it. I guess musically, maybe there's a smile away aspect to this. Simple song, crunchy guitars, you know. He fades the song down, and then he comes back on one of those classic melodic McCartney bass riffs. (laughs) Back into like a refrain, like Venus and Mars rock show. Actually, the whole concept of the album is sounding nicely zany. So, you know, you hear that the new Paul McCartney album is called Egypt Station. You wonder, well, what does that mean? Yeah. It turns out what it means is not much of anything. It's the name of a painting. Right. (laughs) And the painting is Egypt Station. So somehow there's a train station thing going on here that led to a travel log concept. Right. Meaning he's going to have a series of songs that are about stopping at different places. And I noticed in the track listing, there's even like a station one, station two, like mm-hmm. like interludes or something. So I like the sound of the concept. I mean, it seems like a nice zany old sort of 70s Paul idea, you know? Yeah, that's exactly the feeling I got. And I can't, I mean, I can't wait. I wonder what kind of bonus tracks there's going to be. And I mean, he's meant to tour. That's what he says and from the interviews I've seen. Like, oh yeah, September, October, I'm going, I'm hitting the road again. Which songs is he going to play live? If he's digging this far back, is he going to be 
digging into the 80s or the late 70s, like some of these songs we want to hear live. Like, maybe, is he going to play Take It Away live? Who knows? So moving on to the second single, I Don't Know. Well, this song makes me really happy. This is yeah. like a song type song. <laughs> hey, a song it's like song. song. <laughs> it's like yeah. a song, right? <laughs> yeah. It's got sections and there's even like a little brief key change in the middle there. And very nice. Yeah. A good bit of song craft here. A good melody. And maybe we should start with the unusual lyrics, at least unusual for Paul. Crows and dogs. A lot of visual imagery. Yeah. A lot of doubt. Right. So we've seen McCartney, No More Lonely Nights, a few other songs where he's saying, you know, I'm right. I know what it means to be right. I've got the answers here. But now he's saying, um, am I right? Am I wrong? He's kind of questioning himself. On Ram, we heard, we believe that we can't be wrong. Right. <laughs> and on No More Lonely Nights, we heard, I know what I feel to be right. Is that what it is? That's right. I know, know what I feel to be right. Get on the right thing. Yeah. There's this theme and now his, it's kind of broken from that, and it's exciting. People complain, oh, Paul doesn't reveal himself in his lyrics, and we've, you know, we'll get into it as we get in these albums, and, and we have. Like, Paul does put a lot of himself into his music and into his lyrics, but there's a vulnerability. Sometimes it doesn't come through. We heard that on early days, and I really feel like we're getting a lot more of that on this album. And I'm excited to hear about it, you know? There's a sadness to the song, but the, yeah, like there's also a joy... It feels very much like a, seems like old times or twice in a lifetime. Right. Those 80s ballads. It even has somewhat 80s ballad production, more tasteful than the 80s, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got this slightly altered piano, you know, and big pads and, you know. The way it opens, it, there's like an organic feel to it, whereas I feel like new, and, you know, we've talked about this just between ourselves about how the, the mastering on new or the, that crunchiness to it. Yeah. And not in like the Jeff Lynn way that can be preferable. It's just like, kind of like, oh yeah, this distorts all over the place. I'm yeah. not hearing any of that here. Like there's really good technical fidelity. So I can understand why people are maybe thinking a bit about now and then the John Lennon song. Yeah. And they hear the beginning of this song because those chords at the beginning are pretty much the chords, you know, from now and then. Are they really? And Pretty much, yeah. But it, it's only right. that part. And then it gets into the verse part, which is major. So it's... But even the fact that we're sitting here talking about the minor section and the major section, mm. that makes me happy. Sounds you know. like you're talking about a Paul McCartney song. Yeah. <laughs> so that introduction is actually sort of like the chorus. We have a nice little key shift and then a bridge. Bridge reminds me a lot of Tough on a Tightrope, actually, of the, right. of the bridge from Tough on a Tightrope. Mm -hmm. And then that bridge is actually brought back at the end to close the song. So that's what I mean by good song craft. This is very well constructed. Things tying in and using the chorus as the introduction, right. but changing the, changing the arrangement enough that it, the introduction is still its own thing, sort of. And to your point, I had heard last year they released the 50th anniversary of Sergeant Pepper, the reissue. Mm. And, and there's some quotes, I think it's from DIY Magazine, if I remember correctly, where he was saying, you know, I thought Penny Lane was one piano. 
But, you know, we played it back and it turns out it's eight pianos. And right. I think that says a lot about the production in that, like on Flaming Pie, because he had the Beatles anthology as kind of like a refresher, I think we got a little bit of that on this album. And from Sgt. Pepper, nonetheless. Well, that's what I want to hear. I want to, I want to hear Paul trying things in the production, which we're not exactly hearing in these two songs. These both fit in established Paul McCartney production modes, but I think they're well done enough and there's a, a freshness to the sound of them that makes me pretty optimistic for the album. Yeah. Now, this is another song that has an excellent Old Man Macca vocal. I just think he's totally in the pocket on this. He just sounds great here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's had five years. He's been on the road a, a little bit. And I've read reports that he's like, oh, I've been really been practicing my guitar work and I've been practicing again. I think he's just wrote a bunch of songs. He's been rehearsing them and went in the studio a little more relaxed. Oh, yeah. And I think people maybe get the wrong idea when we talk about Old Man Macca voice. I'm actually a great admirer of old musicians. Yes. Right, I really right, right. Like, I really like the way old musicians sound, even if there's some deterioration in the instrument. As to say, a little bit of the technique is sort of ragged. The accuracy is not what it once was. There's a presence that an old, experienced musician brings right. that I really appreciate, and I'm really hearing that in Paul's voice hmm. here. There's an impressive mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. to someone who's been playing you know, for 65 years or however long it's been. Yes, and so I guess all of these songs, save for one, is by Greg, I believe... Another one's by a guy named Ryan Tedder. This is mainly one album with one producer. I think it's going to have a cohesive sound. I really do. I actually found this quote about the artwork. Let me read this. This is from Paul. My original inspiration was similar to a picture we were talking about the other day with Egyptian symbols and shapes I got from looking at a reference book on Egypt. I was interested in the way they drew sunflowers. Two appear on the left and on the right. It was a nice shape. I took that. And then I also love the way they symbolize trees. I like the way they reduce a tree to just some very simple symbols. He's talking about taking a lot of information and just boiling it down to the essentials. So it's a bit abstract. Yes. I mean, the concept is. Absolutely. Or his interest is. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that comes about in the album, whether it's the track list or the song structure. I mean, I hear a lot of that in the production. There's a lot of layered, interesting things going on, but they are unique. And I, you know what, to back to his old man voice, some of the high overdubs he's doing, I like the timbre of some of the high stuff mm-hmm. against his low stuff. It's pretty cool. Well, we're optimistic based on these tracks and the way they sound. So... September will eventually come, and we'll hear a new Paul McCartney album. This reminds me of the summer of 86, when Press came out several months before the album did. Yeah. I had the 12-inch. I got the 12-inch of that, so I had It's Not True and Hang Glide as well. But yeah, it was a lot of anticipation listening to Press and It's Not True and waiting for that album to come out. Over and over again. Yeah, he does this. He, I'd have to check this, but I'm pretty sure Ever Present Past came out around this time. In the summer. I think the album came out shortly thereafter. Yeah. It wasn't like a three or two month gap like this, but. Well, like with new. Yeah. I know it was a month between new, the single and new, the album, but that was in like the fall. 
And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. So yeah, this is uh, another summer with Paul McCartney. Maybe I have to go dig out my old records and revisit some stuff before we get this new album. I still remember the, the first time, I, you know, I met up with him, like, you know, and uh, it was in the Oddle Park Ballroom, remember? Oh, right. Oddle Park, yeah. And Lidl, uh, Lidl and Park. Yeah. Lidl and Town Hall. Town Hall. Like, those were the days. There was something, I know, you know, there was something about him, like, you know, and yeah. I used to leap over the microphones and all that. fantastic performer. I don't think anybody really... I am flattered that some of the people on our Facebook group, as well as our Facebook page, are... They were predicting how you and I would react. I saw that. That was so interesting. And they pretty much predicted accurately. Yeah, they nailed although it. Although this wasn't a very hard test. No, no, no. If you've, if you've made it this far, you yeah. know us by now. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. So you got your answers and they were what you expected. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, know us pretty well. So our next episode will be Driving Rain in August. That will be the end of season three. And then we look forward to picking up with season four sometime in the not-too-distant future. And, you know, by the time you speak to us next, we'll have a new Paul McCartney album to talk about. How about that? Yeah, it's exciting. All right, so we'll see you soon for Driving Rain. Thank you. Our theme music is Martha, My Dear by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, realized by Ryan Brady. Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast is powered by Pippa.